It is a great privilege to be with you today. The kids are having fun. That's neat. Wow. I, I, I didn't time things while well, I stepped out for a few minutes as, as I was being introduced. Uh, I, I'm Steve Grosvenor, and I was pastor of this church for several years. <laughs> Some of you began to wonder if I had grown roots. <laughs> great, great memories. Really great memories of the ministries that are going on. Some familiar faces. A lot of faces I don't begin to know. And I apologize up front. Some of the faces that look familiar, that your names have separated from the face. <laughs> Thank you for your patience. You are most gracious. That's just the church you have always been. Thank you so much. Well... Today, I want to share with you a unique invitation of Jesus. It's a call to persistent prayer, but it's, it's a prayer that gets followed by a haunting question. A call to persistent prayer. What's interesting is I was thinking the song of Even So Come, Lord Jesus, Come. Uh, this passage that I'm getting ready to share with you found in the book of Luke, chapter 18, beginning with verse 1, is really a direct continuation of Luke's account of Jesus' teaching about second coming from chapter 17. I, I don't know who the writer was that inserted a chapter marking where they did. Okay. But he's been going through this teaching about the coming of the Son of Man. The disciples had asked him about the coming of the kingdom. And as he comes toward the end, he says, then. Then, the writer says, Luke says, then Jesus gave them this teaching. And so I invite you to uh, turn with me in your Bibles or follow along. We'll have it printed. Uh, the book of Luke Chapter 18, beginning with verse 1. And would you stand for a reading of the gospel, please? It's terrible once you get settled down and get comfortable. <laughs> then Jesus told his disciples a parable to show that they should always pray and not give up. He said... In a certain town, there was a judge who neither feared God nor cared that what people thought, particularly about him. And there was a widow in that town who kept coming to him with the plea, grant me justice against my adversary. For some time, he refused. But finally, he said to himself, even though I don't fear God or care what people think, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will see that she gets justice so that she won't eventually come and attack me. Well, that's defensive. And the Lord said, listen to what the unjust judge says. And will not 
God bring about justice for his chosen ones who cry out to him day and night? Will he keep putting them off? I tell you, he will see that they get justice and quickly. However, here's the haunting question. Are you ready? When the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? Father, please add your blessing to the reading of your word. And now would you apply it to our hearts? We ask in the name of Jesus. Amen. You may be seated. This, this story about a widow's persistence is a parable about prayer and a call to maintain heart. Remember, he's just finished talking about the coming, and, and part of their question is, when, Lord, when? And it's a question we keep asking, when, Lord, when? Uh, to, yesterday would be just fine. Tomorrow would be great. When? But here's, here's, here's a part of that call for persistent prayer. Maintain heart. Oh, in the story that Jesus uses, there's matter of injustice and a proclamation about God that ends up with that important question about faith. Always pray. Never give up. Prayer is a gift of God for every one of us and, and for his church, isn't it? It's a gift. Sometimes we, I, I, growing up, I remember thinking it was a mandate, thou must. And then I kept hearing thou must spend a certain amount of time, and I thought, you are crazy as a lunatic. But the truth is, prayer is a gift. The, the widow in the story models persistent prayer. She is a marginalized member of society that was in dispute with someone. Jesus doesn't give any more details than that. Didn't need to. It was a common occurrence. A widowed woman needing help. She was seeking justice through the courts. Most of us can can identify with her feelings of helplessness. Have you been there? Just feel helpless? You know, when you're working with that computer and that just won't do what you think it should do or the way it used to do it? Helpless. Health issues. Sometimes you just feel helpless. Life situations. You just feel Helpless. And most of us can identify with her feelings of helplessness. The practices and, and the things, the way things were being done were defying her. So she kept going to the judge. Repeatedly, Jesus inserts. Give me justice in this dispute with my enemies. Never lose heart. Persistence. Something was the need. 
records something like 12 different stories and lessons about prayers in his account of the life of Jesus. Prayer was a common practice of Jesus. Chapter 18 then starts with this teaching about prayer. Always pray. The Apostle Paul teaches, teaches us to pray without ceasing this way. Always be joyful. Really? Never stop praying. Be thankful in all circumstances. For this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. Oh, sometimes prayer is getting alone with God, as Jesus did. Sometimes it's joining with fellow believers for prayer. Sometimes it's in large groups where someone does the praying and we just sort of join in. But prayer is a common practice for Jesus' people. Oh, in this setting, uh, the judge ignored her for a while. But finally he said to himself, I, I, I don't fear God. I don't care about people. But this woman is driving me nuts. I'm going to see that she gets justice because she is wearing me out with her constant request. And so, for this dear widow, persistence But let me sort of insert a, a, a question here. Well, what do we mean when we say God answered prayer? Thank you, God, for answering our prayers. I, I think what that usually means, at least for me, is I finally got what I asked for. Right? And, and when it doesn't happen, then he didn't answer. That's not nice. Right? Amen. Thank you. So do we keep looking for the answers like the widow did, or is there something in the process of prayer in which we enter into dialogue with and relationship with God? Now, the lesson contains a statement about God and prayer that, that really further creates confusion for me. He will grant justice quickly to his chosen ones who call out to him. Now, I have to be honest. Jesus' use of quickly does not match my understanding of quickly. Right? It, it just quickly means what? Today. Five minutes from now, if I can have the answer, that will even be better. But in my experience in life, justice never seems to never come quickly. 
And so I am subject to losing heart, giving up, whatever it will be. Who knows? But quickly in the stories of the Bible often stretch out to days, even years. Think of that story of Joseph in the Old Testament. Something like 13, 14 chapters of the first book of the Bible. The son, grandson, great-grandson, something like that, great-grandson of Abraham. It's a story that starts with abduction by his brothers. Being sold into slavery. From the pinnacle of beloved son to despised slave. That is not a quick answer in my book. But oh, what was going on through those years. Remember the statement of God to Grandpa, great grandpa, great great, somewhere in there. Come, I will make you into a nation. And your name will be great. And you will become a blessing to all peoples. God was doing his work slowly. Surely, deliberately. Or think of the story of Jesus from Garden of Gethsemane prayer meeting to kangaroo court trial to barbaric whipping to crucifixion to burial to resurrection. There's nothing quick about that one. Oh, it was a lot less time than what Joseph went through, but those 24 hours had to be the longest 24 hours you can imagine. There was nothing quick. In our typical use of answering, God didn't answer Jesus' prayer. Lord, if it's possible, can you take this from me, my paraphrase, can we do this a different way? Have we prayed that one? I have. Then there's that prayer. Nevertheless, Lord, not my will. Be done. Crucified. Resurrected, ascended, ascension into heaven, birth of what we now know as the church, expansion of the kingdom of God on earth. Quickly. So, how do we keep working with that? For the God who is eternal quickly 
seems to mean something very, very different. Sometimes I'm tempted, maybe I just need to quit using the word answered. Well, but then there's times in my life when something happens and all I can say is, that was a God thing. Been there? The Apostle Peter writes, do not forget this one thing, dear friends. With the Lord, a day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years are like a day. You been there? (laughs) Those days that seem like three years? Students, do you you remember? Right? The Lord is not slow in keeping his promises. Some understand slowness. He is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance and life. Here it is. Friends who are sitting here, friends on the cyber audience, God, God is doing his work. Here's the promise. God will surely give justice to his chosen people who cry out to him day and night. There's something we need to, to check here because there, how, how, do you, how do you bring together this unjust judge who find the answers and, and God? Well, you, you need to understand something about biblical liturgy. You ready for this? There's a difference between allegory and parable. If you look up a definition, parable is a small story designed to illustrate one truth. Allegory, anybody read Paul Bun- or John Bunyan's Pilgrim's Progress? Everything has significance, symbolic. That's an allegory. And so what we do, we keep looking. Jesus already identified the purpose of this parable. So this is it. You don't need to go looking. What, what's the meaning of this? What's the meaning? What's the mean? No, that's not. Jesus gives the meaning. He's calling us to pray persistently. The judge in Jesus' parable neither feared God nor cared about people. But God is not an unjust, busy God who who needs to be persuaded to intervene in difficult times or that our friend needs a miracle. Have you ever tried to persuade God to do something because your friend really deserves a break today? But here's a truth that we pick up from the rest of Scripture. If this unjust judge rendered a just decision in the end, don't you think God will surely give justice to his chosen people who cry out to him day and night? That was a part of what was being sung a little bit earlier. Even so, come Lord Jesus. God is doing his work in his time, in long range. Here's something I've learned. I I don't always get the answers I want. Definitely not as quick as I want. But I am learning that God listens to me immediately as I call out to him. I I don't have to beg him uh, to tune into my thinking. The volume of my prayer is really 
immaterial. I, I don't have to persuade him about the worthiness of my petition. He knows my heart. God is always present with me by the Holy Spirit and through his word, God is always present with me. The Holy Spirit living within me prays what I don't know what to say. There are mornings when I go to my prayer time, get my coffee, get my journal out. I have no idea what to say. You know what I've learned to do? Just be quiet. Be aware. Breathe in God's grace. Jesus is identified in the book of Hebrews as our great high priest who intercedes for us and is able to save completely those who come to God through him because he always lives to intercede for us. That's an interesting phrase. He always lives to intercede for me and you. Now, the waiting period for God's response to our prayer is often experienced as darkness or desert. It creates anxiety, dis discouragement, and depression. Now, when you feel some of those, that's not a time to feel bad about yourself or get down on yourself or beat yourself up. It's a time to come to the one who listens. God is working his plan in his way in our lives and in his way for the people for whom we are praying. Scripture, tradition, and experience teach us that God always does what is right. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not to your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he will direct your path. Prayer is a primary component of our relationship with God that sustains and shapes us as God is working out his plan in his own time. What you're praying for is may not be what God wants, but he is working in your life and he is shaping you in his design. Prayer is, is, is turning to God as my heavenly father. Prayer is cultivating my faith in the Lord as God. Oh, we've talked about prayer confessing our sins and our errors. But what about confessing our confusion, our sorrow, our heartache? Confession, just saying it. Prayer is submitting to correction by God. As said the old psalmist, the Lord is my shepherd. His rod and his staff, the tapping, goading of the sheep. His, he is my shepherd. Prayer intercedes for the people we care for. Prayer proceeds in obedience to mission and ministry in Jesus' 
What does the Lord require of us, the old prophet says? Do justice. Love mercy. Walk humbly with God. There's something about prayer. It's more than praying for what God can do for us. As we pray, we enter into what God is doing through us. One writer in a book, Active Spirituality, writes, the quiet work of prayer is inseparable from the work of genuine service, and both are the continuing work of Christ in us. This teaching of Jesus is not a parable, parable about how God answers prayer or how to persuade God to, pro, to fulfill our wishes. Have you ever wondered how much value there is if we got a thousand people praying with us or if there's only me by myself? Is there a difference there? Really? Does God listen better if there's a thousand? What is that group? It, it, we, we come together as we pray. And though I led in prayer, my confidence was we have gathered and we pray together and we are family with God. It's recognition that God hears our cry. It's a lesson that, that God answers our prayers in his way, in his time, in keeping with his design. Prayer is, is it's a lesson about attitudes, habits, and practices Jesus calls us to assimilate into our daily lives as we wait for his second coming. So it's a prayer about, it's a story about praying persistently. Praying even so, come Lord Jesus. Yes, it's a prayer about pursuing justice, not only for ourselves, but for others, particularly for the people who are marginalized in our society. Never giving up or losing heart. It's a lesson about trusting that, that God responds to our needs with compassionate love and justice for the whole of creation. Confidence, prayer, a gift of God. But then Jesus closes his lesson with this haunting question. When the Son of Man returns, how many will he find on earth who have faith in him as Lord? Our faith in God is expressed through our values, our attitudes, and our behaviors. Faith in God cultivates authentic love for one another, forgives those who have sinned against us, seeks to do good. What does the old psalmist say? Trust in the Lord and do good. So shall you dwell in the land and you will be fed. Faith in God pursues, promotes justice for all care for the sick, racial impartiality in our land that claims we have it, equal opportunities for education, affordable housing, peace for all, 
faith, faith in God prays for and promotes the sanctity of life. For the infant in the womb, oh yes. And for the mother whose pregnancy is the result of incest or rape. It prays for the it remembers the sanctity of life for the mother facing life-threatening conditions while giving birth. I will never forget being called to a home while we were in New Jersey. Mom, dad, and two little preschool children playing on the floor. And dad says, my wife is pregnant. She was at a checkup today. Been discovered she's got some heart issues. She probably will not survive birth. Friends, in that given moment, as a real young pastor, all of a sudden, I had no more answers. Nothing, nothing, nothing was right. Or that mother facing hardship as a parent in a home marked by domestic violence. Sanctity of life for thousands of children and youth in our foster care system. Listen to this. As of June of 2021, 14,070 children and youth in the foster system in Pennsylvania alone. Those are people. They care. They want a home. There's a goal of adoption for a period of time of 3,060. And, and here's a saddening, eye-opening reality. In the year 2020, 2050, adoptions took place. How many did I say wanted adopted? All of our night and neat little expressions, we, we oppose abortion, and why, why can't we use adoption? As, and friends, it's not happening. And I'm telling you, as life moves on, I'm, I am more and more and more and more confused. I don't have simple answers anymore. I don't. Faith in God calls us to love one another as citizens of the kingdom of heaven in the midst of this world. It influences our votes as Christians in our land. Will the Son of Man find faith? Faith is more than just believing that Jesus rose from the dead. Faith is responding to Jesus as Lord and representing him in our world today. As I talk about these issues, I'm aware that many of you here today are, are experiencing distress of some kind. Economy, political conflict, war, threats of war, injustice in the world. Injustice on your job, 
in our communities. Questions about how things are done in our school systems. Anxiety with health problems. Discouraging family situations. It's at this point we hear this call. Jesus calls us to pray always and never give up. The scripture says we know that in all things God works for the good for those who love him who have been called according to his purpose. Prayer. Prayer is turning to God. Prayer is pouring out our hearts to God. Prayer is surrendering ourselves to God for ministry that he wants us to do in this life. Yes, we pray for the second coming. Even so, come, Lord Jesus. He calls us, pray always, and never give up.